Hey, it's Pastor Mike. I want to talk to you a little bit about chapter two in the partner's manual and some of the important things that we need to remember as we take our partner through chapter two. First thing we need to remember from this point on is that every chapter begins with a follow-up from the previous chapter. Uh, we want to go back and, and, and think through anything that was uh, assigned and make sure there was uh, completion of it. If there are any questions uh, that remain from the previous chapter, uh, we want to do that, particularly as we start chapter two, because chapter one is the foundation for the rest of the entire manual. So we want to make sure they understand it, make sure that if you had them write out a testimony or rethink their uh, their relationship with God, we want to go over all of that. Plus, as, it, as is assigned at the beginning of chapter two, as they work through the workbook, they've got to come ready with their memory verse. Now, I know that's a topic. It always comes up. You know, we may have a partner that says, I'm not very good at memorizing, but we need to try and do our very best to encourage our partner to work at scripture memorization. And if we have a partner that struggles with that, it might even be good at the very beginning of chapter two to take that memory verse and to learn it together on the spot. If they've struggled with it. And there are several ways you can do that, but we do want them to memorize the verses. It's an important part of the partners program. So we want to go over the assignments. We want to look at the memory verse and we want to make sure that they have it down uh, much like we do with our kids in Awana with uh, relatively few mistakes. Uh, the way it is with them is, uh, you know, two is the max, I believe. So it's good if they stumble here or there that we try it again until we can get those memory verses almost perfect, if not perfect. That's a great way way to start chapter two. Chapter two is entitled Deepening Your Knowledge of God. There are a few things that are uh, more important than that. I mean, that is so fundamental to the Christian life. And just like when you went through chapter two, you recognize that the beginning of it had so much to do with just recognizing our need to heighten our view of God. And that's kind of how we describe it with these spatial analogies. Uh, we can have a low view or a deflated view, or we can have a high view and an exalted view of God. And that's the goal, at least in the opening pages of this chapter, to help our partner uh, uh, exalt, raise, lift up their view of God from maybe a casual view to a more majestic view, a more respectful view, a more biblical view of seeing God for who He is, high and exalted, seated on His throne, a majestic, powerful, sovereign uh, God. And that's important for us in chapter 2. And that's part of the goal that we should be praying through as we start to prepare uh, to take our, our partner through this chapter. We want to focus on raising or elevating our partner's view of God. As we quote in the chapter, a low view of God, and we capitalize on Tozer's words for this, uh, is a cause for a hundred lesser evils among us. And you can really trace a lot of things in the Christian life that go wrong to an inadequate, a low, a casual view of God. And speaking of that book, if there is one book uh, that you want to recommend and might even be worth gifting to your partner, uh, it's the book that we give four stars to in the bibliography, and that is A.W. Tozer's book, The Knowledge of the Holy. It's a great read. It does exactly what we're asking for in this chapter, and that is it kind of devotionally takes your mind through a series of thoughts that help to elevate your view of God. A.W. Tozer, Knowledge of the Holy, it's a great book, at least to a a couple of chapters to at the end of this chapter. The chapter then moves quickly into a discussion about the Trinity. Now this is important, it's fundamental to Christian theology, but it obviously can be the source of a lot of discussion and debate and questions that could really take over the entirety of this second meeting. So we don't want it to do that, but we do want to address it. 
And there is that chart there that we have created. It's pretty typical in most theological works. I mean, uh, if there's ever going to be a diagram to express it, that little triangle with God the Father at one apex and the Son and the Spirit at the other two, uh, saying that they are all in essence God, but they are not one another in, in, in personhood, that they are distinct persons, that is a great way that if all else fails in our understanding or our discussion about the Trinity, that we defer to that. And if we can acknowledge that with all the mystery contained therein, uh, we've really at least described the Trinity in biblical terms, that uh, Jesus is God, that the Holy Spirit is God, that the Father himself is God, of course, uh, but the Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. They are distinct personalities, and that's an important section of the Partners Program that we want to talk about. We don't want to allow it to dominate the whole thing, but if there are residual questions, uh, one book that we want to recommend is Millard Air Erickson's book called Making Sense of the Trinity. There's lots of books on the Trinity, but Erickson's book is good in just simply asking the biblical questions uh, about, you know, how many gods are there? Is Jesus God? Is the Father God? And Erickson is certainly uh, a top-notch theologian and will address these things in modern terms as a modern theologian in uh, understandable ways. And so we want to recommend that book, Making Sense of the Trinity, if there's uh, some questions that weren't able to be answered in this particular section of, of chapter 2. At the end of that, and though it's short, there is a discussion after the Trinity about the uh, personhood and the personality of God and what it means that God is a person and not just an impersonal force. Now, uh, most people who've been in church any amount of time have a clear distinction between those two, but perhaps with a new Christian, it's important that we describe and discuss what we mean with that little connected chart that we have them build in that part of the partner's manual. We want them to realize that God is uh, a person uh, and we are persons because he created us in his image. We have an intellect, we have emotion, and we have will. Uh, we can think abstractly, we can feel things, emotional uh, feelings, and we have volition. We can make decisions. We are, are people with, uh, with a distinct ability to choose. Though those kinds of, of things are important to underscore and, and to kind of show them that throughout the scripture we're dealing with a God who is, uh, is a person and not just an impersonal force. The extended section, which is a majority of this chapter, is all about the attributes of God. And um, this is important. The, the setup paragraphs for this are very important. And I want to make sure that every partner stresses with their, uh, with their disciple that we want to make clear that any knowledge that we can have that is definitive and clear, that we can articulate in propositional ways, uh, has to come from God's Word. We do learn some general things about God in nature, but the Bible is our source of information. It's the only unalterable source. It's the only reliable source that we have from God about who God is. That's a major part of what the Bible was given to us for, and that is to describe the nature, the characteristics, and the attributes of God. So that's an important time uh, to, to underscore with your partner that we as Christians have to defer to God's Word uh, to describe and, under, and, and to understand and articulate who God is. And in a day when everyone wants to, uh, as I often say, feel their way through their theology and not think their way through their theology. This is important, very important distinction, because a lot of people say, well, I don't feel that God would be like that, uh, or, or that doesn't really sit well with me. Uh, what we have to do is rightly understand God's Word, and we have to defer to that. We have to let the Word of God be supreme as the authority as to who God is. So that can hardly be stressed enough in chapter 2 in the Partner's Manual.
As you remember, when you went through partners, there are 12 attributes that we go through in this chapter. Uh, we go through them in two categories, uh, communicable and non-communicable, or what I believe I called the shared attributes of God and the non-shared attributes. And I think we, we attack them in the opposite order. We look at the non-shared attributes, uh, the incommunicable attributes of God, attributes that no one shares, no one has, uh, but God. And uh, that's where we start. And then we, we have six of those, or could be more, we could obviously spend a lot more time on the attributes of God and we could create subsections, but we try to, as simply as we can, give uh, what I would say are, are the six most foundational and most important attributes that we glean from the Bible about God. And then we move into six uh, communicable or shared attributes of God that God gives us uh, and reveals to us as descriptions of his own character, but they're meant to be templates for our behavior. They become patterns for how we're supposed to live uh, our Christian life. So uh, this is the breakdown, and they're all important, but you won't have time uh, to camp on all of them. So even as you prepare, you need to think based on the knowledge that your partner has and the spiritual growth and the level of spiritual growth of your partner, you've got to decide which of these that you need to tackle. And you need to pray through that, you need to think through that, and then as best you can, you need to wisely say, well, we're going to focus on three and four and eight and nine, or whatever it might be, as you lay them out and say, these are the ones that I think are most important. And if you don't know your partner at all, you don't know where they're at, and it's early in your partner's relationship, I understand, it may just be the ones that have impacted you the most lately, because I know as a teacher, you'll address address those and approach those the most passionately, so that's fine. But you pick four or five of them that you want to highlight and that you think would be best for your partner, and then you plan to work through those carefully uh, and thoughtfully and work toward those applications on every one of them. Uh, they're going to have done that in their, in their homework, but you want to make sure that as you discuss the three or four or five or six that you might have picked out, that you're going to drive from understanding what it means all the way to the application and how it affects our lives. Sometimes I think the ones that we uh, need to emphasize the most are the ones that our society and modern Christianity have neglected the most. And so I might recommend, uh, though it may be more difficult, uh, that we don't skip over God's sovereignty. That's the first one on the list there, and uh, it's important. And though it is a bit of a mystery, and there is certainly mysterious aspects that relate to the sovereignty of God, I think some time spent on the sovereignty of God can be very important. The definition, at least, to describe it, discuss it, to go over it, to look at their definitions that they've derived from the passages they were assigned, to look at the uh, application that they have written down about that. Sovereignty is an important one uh, that I might recommend that you not miss. In the section on the shared attributes of God, there are three, I think, that are often overlooked, uh, or at least they're not fully developed in a lot of discussions amongst modern Christians, and that would be that God is holy, that God is just, and that God is jealous. Those are ones that I think are often deficient in the modern church. So those might be ones, if you don't know where to start, that you might want to say, let's make sure we spend good time looking at each of those attributes. God's holiness, certainly such important implications for our conduct. God's justice, it has so much relevance to the debates going on in modern Christianity about uh, God's wrath and the reality of hell. All of those kinds of topics certainly relate to that. And God's jealousy, which I find is often overlooked uh, entirely in most people's thinking because jealousy is so often seen as a human weakness, but of course in the Bible it is presented uh, as part of the character of God's perfection, that in his perfection is the center, the hub of all things, that uh, he has the right and appropriately, appropriately so to be uh, jealous of our affections and our attention.
attention and our worship. And so it is that we can easily roll into some implications regarding the Lordship of Christ, our worship, the way in which we think and how our, our actions and our deeds and our plans and our lives are directed toward God's glory. That's a great one. The jealousy of God hard, uh, would be hard for me not to recommend that one because it is uh, novel in most people's thinking because they haven't looked at it. But those passages that are listed, critically important that we look at, discuss them, maybe re-look uh, them up in our time. I know he's looked them up or she's looked them up and you've looked them up, but you want to make sure maybe some of these passages that are so important uh, that may have been the first time they've ever read them, that you open up the Bible, you go through those again, and you talk about things like the jealousy of God that may have, up till that time, been overlooked in their Christian life. Of course, I've talked about planning this out in light of your partner's spiritual growth and their maturity, maybe how long they've been a Christian, but um, it's also very important that we recognize that as we plan to uh, tailor this toward our partner's um, level of maturity. We want to kind of draw some targets as to what it will look like if what you do in your partner's meeting is successful. Uh, in other words, we want to write out a, an aim of sorts. What do we want our partner uh, to know? What do we want them to feel? What do we want them to do as a result of studying this chapter with you? That is important. Uh, and to think more specifically about some of the issues involved. For instance, we want them to have a high view of God. Would be great for you in light of what you know about your partner just to write out in very specific terms, what would it look like if my partner had a more elevated view of God? What kinds of things in his or her life would be impacted and affected? And the better you know your partner, the better this will go. And as we go through partners, obviously we get better at this because we uh, get more acquainted with who our partner is. But even at these opening in these opening chapters, in these opening stages of our relationship with our partner, we want to make sure that we do our best to try and uh, tailor not only the material and, and the content, but what would it look like if this chapter were a success? Uh, what are the goals? What, what kind of life changes would there be? What kind of adjustment might there be in their thinking or their priorities? And so that's a good practice, not only in this chapter, but in every chapter as you move through the partner's manual. It's always good to leave them with some very simple assignments that will carry the chapter on throughout the week. Of course, they'll be working on the next chapter, chapter three, but when it comes to the attributes of God, uh, I highly recommend that you do something that would allow them to take maybe the attributes that you've covered, or maybe just seven that you pick that you think are uh, uh, most important, maybe you only had time to cover four or five, but add a couple more and say, hey, every day, map it out, Every day between now and our next meeting, I just want you to try to, throughout the day, focus on this one attribute on Saturday and this one on Sunday, this one on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, until your next meeting. If you um, do that, I mean, you have a, a tremendous uh, built-in assignment that will carry all the discussion from your partner's meeting into their life. You want them to maybe put them on cards and, and have them on their dashboard of their car, or you want them to somehow have a, a visual reminder of at least one attribute a day. And some people like to take all 12, divide them up, and, and have people think through and pray through a few of them a week. Whatever works, just make sure you try to give some assignment that carries this thinking about the attributes of God into their everyday life. And that'll be great. It's a great way to get them thinking about specific aspects of God's character throughout the week. Now, there's a lot of things that you can do with this chapter, and uh, it's helpful for you to pray through it, ask God, think, strategically plan, uh, but make sure you hit on some of these high points that I've recommended, and, uh, and then go into your partner's meeting and uh, prayerfully 
Ask God to make it a great, profitable time for you and your partner to deepen your knowledge of God.